exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Harinkew and I'll be the host for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how you doing today? I am so good. I'm just so ready for school to be over. <laughs> and it's just two more weeks, two more weeks is what I keep telling myself. And so, trucking along. Yeah, almost there. I know. I can't wait. Yeah, weather's getting decent. I mean, kind of decent. It was rainy today, but it wasn't cold. Well, tomorrow it's supposed to be 70, even though it's supposed to thunderstorm, but that's always everybody's favorite like favorite kind of rain. Yep. If it's going to rain, it might as well thunderstorm and be like 70, 75 degrees outside. That's fine with me. I mean, if it's going to warm up, you know you're going to get those thunderstorms oh, yeah. with the cold weather. But I hope everyone, all of our listeners are doing well out there. hope everyone had a great Easter with their families. I hope everyone was safe, had a great time. And I hope people didn't break down on the side of the road because gas is so expensive. Um <laughs> 417 a gallon I'm seeing today shocking um yeah, I'm just glad I filled up yesterday like I told you yeah 383 383 yesterday it's 417 today filled up my car yesterday and that's expensive for me but I could not afford 417 I mean that's a jump it's one thing I thought you might see it go to like 405 it just yeah. all the way to 417 415 already just it, crazy I know I mean, what did you say? They're saying by like Memorial Day, we're talking yeah. like five dollars a gallon yeah, already. And I'm one of those people that I don't believe when they say that kind of stuff. They're like, "Oh yeah, by like this was a few years ago by Memorial or Fourth of July." No, they used to say to the like same thing. Four dollars, yep. and I'm like, "That's not no." And then it never happens. But the way that like yes, from yesterday to today jumped and all that kind of stuff. It's I don't know. I think there's just too much speculation in the government. They're afraid that something's going to happen. We're going to go to war with some other country, and they're like, let's get ready for it. Oil company jack up your price is like well. 50 cents a gallon. Because I know barrel barrel of gas is not that much. Well, no, the barrel of oil, I mean, it's going up. Uh, I don't know what it's at right now, but I believe it's probably around like 140 bucks. 130 which, is what someone told me. Yeah, yesterday. I mean, it's really getting up there. I mean, if you look back even only three, four weeks ago, it was at like 99 to like $105 a barrel. So it's skyrocketing. So for all of you drivers out there, uh, be smart. Honestly, drive when you have to. Uh, I guess I'm lucky I don't have a car in some facets right now because I couldn't afford to drive. Cost me seventy bucks to put it in my Buick just to fill that tank up. That's it's a Buick. It's not a it's not an Escalade. Yeah, I know my car. I drive a G six, and it's I it's not not a, it's not that big of a car. No, it's not. And it, I I was it wasn't even close to empty. Like I still had between I was still between a quarter and empty, and I got a gift card for fifty bucks for Easter. And I was $1 short of using the whole thing. And it wasn't even empty. It takes over $50 to fill up my little G6. That's that's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. But, all right, we're going to stop complaining about gas because we can't fix the problem. But we had to bring it up. Yes. I mean, it's just getting egregious. So, again, hopefully everyone's doing all right with that. Uh, but let's get to sports. We have a lot to get to on today's show. Uh, a couple stories involving Michigan State we're going to get to. Uh, also, obviously, we're going to get to our Detroit Tigers and, you know, how well they've done over the, uh, this past weekend. A uh, great series against the White Sox. We're going to touch on the NHL playoffs. Uh, Wings getting ready to probably get their second-round matchup uh, all aligned, probably start on Thursday or Friday of this week. Get into a little NBA playoffs, talk a little MLB, possible expansion in the playoff there, and our good man, Jim Trussell who was one of the best cheaters in the country, um, again, getting into trouble regarding this, uh, this incident that's been going on for the last couple months now. But we are going to start the show off with uh, the Michigan State Spartans and just a few little stories that broke uh, last week and uh, today regarding them. Uh, as we talked last week about uh, Brian Lithicum, how he was sentenced to one year of probation, you know, a reduced charge of misdemeanor harassment after uh, originally being charged with misdemeanor assault. You know, had to take anger management classes and all that fun stuff. Uh, Max Below, as we had said, he had his hearing last week, and all that is now finalized. Nine months of probation uh, following the March 10th incident out in Aspen, Colorado with Lithicum. Uh, he basically he had eluding police, which he was charged with. That was dropped, but he did get uh, charged with the minor in possession of alcohol. That is what he got his nine months of probation for. He's required to attend an alcohol awareness class, and once he completes the probation, then this conviction will be cleared from his record. So, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about this long, but sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I, I think it's about what we talked about last week that he should get. Yeah, nine months probation, six months, whatever it is now, whatever the law is, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Kid's 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, again, like you know, D'Antonio said, uh, they were disciplined. They weren't allowed to attend the first two spring practices, and they will also face some kind of internal discipline that obviously we will never know about. But, you know, move on. Hopefully these guys just, you know, have a good senior year again. True. It's really all I'm going to say about it. I mean, you can't beat this one to death. But uh, let's move on again. Uh, we're going to stay with Michigan State here for a second. And this actually involves Michigan State basketball team. And uh, the story uh, that came out of the Detroit News uh, today involves uh, the Michigan State and playing North Carolina in, in, uh, in college basketball on the aircraft carrier. And this game is set to take place on November 11th of next year. It will be in, uh, on an aircraft carrier on San Diego Bay on Veterans Day. And uh, basically the article describes how there will be no public tickets for sale for this MSU game. Um, the organizer, Mike Whalen of uh, Morale Entertainment Foundation, said tickets won't be sold to the public. They'll be free to those lucky enough to be chosen, and scalpers will be out of luck. Whalen said ticket holders' names will be printed on the front, and ID must match. Uh, Whalen says, quote, It makes sure that the right people are going to the game and that there's no aftermarket. It's an added measure of security. Again, this is a United States warship. We've got to make sure we know who's coming on board the ship, end quote. So they're going to have about 7,000 people at this game. Um, it should be – I think it's going to be – it's a pretty cool idea. Um, you know, again, it's going to be played on San Diego because November, you're not going to ha- have any success on the East Coast uh, doing any kind of game outside. Um, they still have not decided on which aircraft carrier this game will be played on, but they're saying right now it will probably be on the USS Ronald Reagan or the USS Carl Vinson. So those are the two possible aircraft carriers this game will be played on. Um, they're saying if it does rain, that they will move the game to the hangar deck below and they'll have bleacher seating for all the fans under there. So, each school is going to get 750 tickets. Uh, in addition, 400 of those tickets go to coaches participating in a clinic, and 1,000 tickets will go to the Morale Entertainment Foundation and its partners. So, Megan, uh, just, you know, I mean, do you think it's right, you know, just like how we said, add a measure, measure of security that, you know, you know, Joe Blow, me, and you can't really buy a ticket to this game and go? Do you think that's, you think that's fair? you think that's all right? I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a cool thing, but, I mean, it's not, it's not so cool that you couldn't watch it on TV and think it's still just as cool. Yes. Um, I think it would be really cool. I'd be really like a really cool thing to go to for sure. But if they want added security, they don't want some random person, you know, coming in and cause it's military. Stuff. Exactly. It's an aircraft. And, yeah. And like, they, you never know. You never know. People are weird. People, people are, are crazy. crazy. People are crazy. It's like one of those things that I watch the Saw movies, and <laughs> I think people actually watch those and go, that's actually a good idea, and I wonder if they actually you know, do it. It kind of freaks me <laughs> Death out. Death trap machines. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, that's a little off topic, but that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> it's like people may see something and be like, oh, aircraft carrier, lots of people. I'm going to get on there, bring a bomb with me. Oh, that's true. I mean, you know, give somebody you know an opportunity that... You know, wants to do something against this country gives them, you know, added incentive. It's on an aircraft carrier, right? And uh, but I, I think it's a neat idea. I think it's a really cool idea. I think they'll get um, a lot of people watching it. I really do, especially Without a since, doubt. especially since it's North, North Carolina and Michigan State. Yep, and that's that's a good game to watch. For no, sure. it should be a real good game. It's in November, so everyone's going to kind of get a nice little preview of college basketball right. a little earlier than you would normally get, uh, which is also real cool. I mean, I don't think it's going to be super intense if you ask me, because it is preseason. Oh well, yeah, it is preseason, yeah. and I mean, I think it's just going to be for fun. Yeah, fun. It's like I said, it's on Veterans Day. It's going to be kind of, you know, just it's going to be a nice symbolic thing to do for all of our vets, you know, play a game out there. It's a cool idea. Uh, Tip off will be shortly after 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Waylon uh, says that the talks with ESPN to broadcast the game should be finalized this week. So ESPN obviously is going to grab hold of this to uh, air it, which obviously makes sense. Um, This game was the idea of Michigan State Athletic Director Mark Hollis. So, you know, our, our boy, Athletic Director, he came up with the idea. Which is pretty cool. And actually, Michigan State has an option to play in the 2012 game, possibly against Duke. So, I mean, it sounds like if Michigan State wants to do it, they can play in 2012 against Duke. Um, The article says other teams that could play in future games include Texas, Ohio State, Florida, Navy, San Diego State, and Notre Dame. And also, there's a potential for a women's game in 2012 or 2013 and they say likely between OSU and Notre Dame. So, yeah, pretty cool idea. Um, I don't think any of these guys are going to run off the aircraft carrier. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, it's a huge aircraft carrier, but like the ball goes off. And, uh, Out the door. He just dives off. Bye. <laughs> 
like, man, that's the most hustle I've seen Derek Nix all year. Like, <laughs> diving for that ball in that aircraft carrier. But, uh, no, it's a cool idea. Again, that will be November 11th of uh, next year. So, uh, Is it next season or next year? Next season. It won't be next year. Oh, okay. yeah, I was just sorry, yeah, next season. It was going to be November 11, 2012 or 2011? Yeah, 2011, uh, November 11th will be the game. 11, 11, 11. Oh, that's why they're That's it. why okay. they're doing it. 11, 11, 11. Everyone loves that stuff. Uh, I know. So, yeah, no, cool idea. So, yeah, that'll be next year, guys. Just uh, give me the heads up on that. And we're going to quickly move, though, to uh, our good friend Jim Tressel. Okay. Yeah, Jim Tressel. <laughs> this guy always gives me a lot of stories. I love it. Uh, today, uh, a story broke out of the Associated Press, uh, which yet again involves Jim Tressel and the NCAA and just violations that keep on coming. It says on Monday, uh, the accused coach they accused the coach of withholding information and lying to keep Buckeyes players on the field. Players who had accepted improper benefits from the owner of a tattoo parlor, where they had you know sold like you know their Big Ten championship rings, helmets. Uh, you know, the gold pants they get after beating Michigan, all that fun stuff. Uh, five, you know, uh, five OSU players have been suspended for the first five games of next season. Tressel also was suspended for the first five games, along with the $250,000 fine. Uh, it says the university has 90 days to respond to the NCAA before a scheduled meeting with the NCAA's Committee on Infractions, and that will take place on August 12th in Indianapolis. Uh, so, it says right here, in the 13-page indictment of Tressel's behavior, the NCAA alleged that Tressel had permitted football student-athletes to participate in intercollegiate athletics while ineligible. It also said he failed to deport himself with honesty and integrity and said he was lying when he filled out a compliance form in September that said he had no knowledge of, N- of any NCAA violations by any of his players. Now, Gene Smith, who's the athletic director at uh, Ohio State University, says, quote, no comments until the case is resolved, end quote. So he's not talking at all until this all gets worked out. Now, just because uh, basically what, it, what this has to do with, you know, he's already been kind of punished, but it's come out that he's done even worse things. And just, you know, with his whole compliance letter, just completely lying about it. And the NCAA can levy uh, heavy violations onto Ohio State. They can basically, they're basically saying that the whole 2010-2011 season will be vacated for uh, OSU. They will not maintain their Big Ten title. Uh, you know, they'd won six in a row, so that'll... And their and their streak there, uh, all their wins. They went twelve and one uh, this last season. All that will be erased. And like I said, Jim Tressel could face further punishment. Uh, my question to the audience and to you as well, Megan, is: Do you believe Tressel deserves more punishment than he has gotten already? Five games for next season, two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. I mean, does this man deserve to be fired? Does he deserve to be maybe suspended for more than five games of the season? Maybe all of next season? I just want to hear what our listeners have to say. Four three two. 3893 is the number. That's 517-432-3893. So, Megan, with our good friend Jim Tressel, you know, what I, do you think? I, the, I don't know if this is true. I've been told by a few people, hasn't he done something before, too? Hasn't he been, been accused of something else? He has. I can't remember exactly what it was. But, he's yeah, he's definitely been caught up in, uh, you know, previous violations, you know, regarding, you know, just, you know, compliance in the NCAA. <laughs> I, I really don't know exactly what it was, but this is this isn't the first time that Tressel has you know been in trouble. So just you know with his history and just you know wh- I mean what he's done in this whole situation. Again, do you feel that Tressel deserves more punishment? I mean, if he said that's why I it's like almost a three strikes thing. I mean, if we're gonna compare it to even to MSU, mm-hmm. um, you could look at uh, gosh. Our football players and how many chances they've gotten, like for making a mistake. I mean, not as much as compliance with the NCAA or anything, but like, um, if we look at history, we look at the past. If he's done something multiple times, gotten into trouble multiple times, yeah, I could see him getting fired. Um, I don't know. I with with that with money, mm-hmm. so much stuff goes in in the NCAA that no one knows about. So much stuff goes dirty, in. dirty business. It's true, and you know, people just turn the other, turn your turn your cheek. Forget about it, and you know you might know about it, and you just don't you don't say anything. Oh, it's dirty, dirty business. Um, but yeah, I, maybe he should get a little bit more than five games. I mean, what is that? That's a little less than half the season. Yeah, because I mean, you're talking about you know most teams, you know they play twelve games. The first five games, right? So he's getting the first five. So but he like, will miss playing MSU. 
Because we are, we start the big, that starts conference play right, is the fifth game of the season. But the other four games are talking like Youngstown State, that's what I mean. Toledo, maybe Western. Totally blow off games. You know, if yeah. you want to suspend them for five games, suspend them for the last five. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I mean, um, because those are the games that are really going to matter. Those are conference games most of the time. Um, those are the games they need. Those are the important yeah, games. So don't get me wrong. Games. Non-conference is important. You don't want to lose there no. either. But a lot of those are cupcake kind of games, especially for a team of Ohio State's caliber. Right. And those are the games that if you lose one of those and you're actually within the top 10 in uh, the rankings or whatever, you're going to fall. You're going to go way down because if you lose one of those, and I think, especially with Ohio, how Ohio State did this past year, mm-hmm. I think that would be probably more of a proper punishment. In my opinion, two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a football coach isn't that much either. Well, yeah, I mean he makes he makes three and a half million dollars a year, right? And so I, he's I would, he's one of the highest paid coaches in the in college football. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I think he needs to be fined more. I think he needs to have maybe the last five games instead of the first five. I mean, there's nothing we can really do, but that's just my opinion with all that. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I agree to a point. I mean, I think that he should receive, I think, a few more game suspension. I think tack on three more. Make it an eight-game suspension. Find him another two hundred and fifty grand. Right. Um, the NCAA, in an article, it says NCAA could accept Ohio State's suggestion of the sanctions, you know, the five-game suspension and the fine they've already imposed on him. But I believe that, you know, a, a cheater will always be a cheater until you just lay the law down on him as hard as possible. Um, a guy like this who basically runs this university, he's got Gene Smith, who's the athletic director, basically just cowering in the corner, a little baby. Back when this all broke, you know, Gene Smith's quoted as saying, well, I hope he doesn't fire me. Well, that's a joke, okay? He's the athletic director. Jim Tressel is the coach. He's not the president of the university. He's not the athletic director. He's the coach. And yes, he's a successful coach, 106-22 and in his tenure at Ohio State. Won a national championship back in 2002, and that's all great. But there's a point where winning isn't everything, okay? There's a point where cheating just it, you know, it takes over more. I know cheating goes on in all sports, but this is just so blatant and so obvious that he want he needed Terrell Pryor. He needed these guys out on the field. He knows that he needed these guys out on the field, so he didn't say a darn thing. Right. All right, covered it up completely again and again. And it's just it's time to lay the law down on Trestle. Yeah, he's a fantastic coach, but you know what? With all the Ohio State, you know, and this isn't a bias thing. They're a dirty university with the way they do things, and it's enough. To, it's just enough of this. It's time to really lay the law down on Trestle. I get tired of this. I mean, even look at the hypocrisy behind all these guys being allowed to play in the Sugar Bowl after this story had broke. They're like, well, you know what? We'll let you play in the Sugar Bowl and your suspensions will start next season. Well, if they had any real validity and with the conviction in what they, you know, in imposing these suspensions, it would have included the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. But they just wanted the money, they wanted the ratings, and they wanted the guys out on the field that they know people would tune in to watch. That's why this whole business is a joke. But we're going to move on. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to move on past that because Jim Tressel gets me angry. <laughs> That's what I was thinking the whole entire time is once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah, always. You know, I mean, it's, until maybe, you know, it's just serious enough where it's like, all right, Tressel, if there's any more violations that come out, you are fired, regardless of what they are. You're gone. Mm-hmm. And maybe that could change his, you know, his mojo. I don't know, though. Like you said, once a cheater, always a cheater. But uh, we're going to move on to the Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. Detroit Tigers, a team that has really been picking it up the last few games. Uh, very impressed to see how they've been playing. Uh, the Tigers had a three-game series against the Chicago White Sox. It started off this Friday in Detroit, and they absolutely spanked Chicago. Kicked their butt. They won on Friday with Verlander on the mound, 9-3. to And then they shut Chicago out for the next two games. Saturday with Penny on the mound, 9-0 is the win, and then Sunday, 3-0 with Scherzer on the mound. Dominant pitching this weekend. Uh, Fantastic play. You went to two of these games on Friday and Saturday. I did. You know, you were there. Good weather and bad. Yes. Okay, (laughs) tell me what you saw. Oh, man. Friday was cool. I'll start with that because I actually got to meet Brandon Inge. Nice. And talk to him. He's a pretty cool dude. Uh, No matter what people say, he's really nice, and he's really funny. Oh, he seems like a nice guy. Um, he is, he is. Um, but yeah, Friday was pretty crappy weather, and you know, good job to Verlander for a nine to three victory. Um, when we left. I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I left in the seventh. It was cold. It was rainy. It was like forty five degrees out, and it was like misting in our face. <laughs> and so, but they were up five to one, and then I got in the car, listened to it on the radio, and all of a sudden they were dominating. And like you said, pitching was a big, big thing this weekend. Um, 
I mean, and hitting. I mean, it was both. I mean, you look at they put up nine runs on Saturday and nine runs on Friday. Mm-hmm. There's still but, some work they can do with that. Oh, I was, definitely. I was there Saturday. I don't know if you knew that um, Jackson was hitting like 179. Yeah, he's not hitting good. He's not hitting very well for our leadoff hitter. Um, it was kind of funny because every time he would have a base hit, his his batting average would go up. Point zero one zero. So we were just watching it go up just every the single hair. time. Yeah, like I'm like, okay, goal is to get over two hundred by the end of the game, which didn't happen. But um, he is batting one ninety three right now, okay. so yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, not, not much of anything. Um, Bosch and Avila have a better batting average than Cabrera. Yes, uh, yes, Cabrera right now is batting three thirty eight. Bosch batting a, a great three forty eight. Um, you know, Bosch with a uh, nine twenty OPS. Uh, OPS for all of you out there is uh, on base percentage uh, plus slugging percentage. So I mean, Bosch he's been playing fantastic. Uh, you know, one home run, twelve RBIs, uh, just getting on base. Uh, real nice to see that. You know, ten base on balls, which yeah. you, you really see that plate discipline uh, starting to show through that patience that he has at the plate these days. My and, f- my favorite play though was from Saturday was Casper Wells. Casper all the way to the wall, mm-hmm. and I think he got in two runs and he had a double. It was awesome. Casper Wells, you know, no one really knows that guy. They know Ardonias, they know Bosch, they know Jackson, they know those outfielders. They don't know Casper Wells, and if they didn't, they do now because that was just amazing. No, it was a great hit. I mean, Casper, you know, he's doing decent out there. I mean, the guy's batting two thirty three. I really like his OPS, though. It's, you know, 700, uh, which is real nice. I would rather have Casper Wells batting in the two spot more often than Will Rimes. I don't know why Jim Leland keeps putting Will Rimes mm-hmm. batting in the two spot. Will Rimes is batting 196 right now. His OPS is like 477. It's awful. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it's always Leland. Well, he's the number two hitter. Well, sometimes just because a guy's a number two hitter doesn't mean you have to put him in the number two spot. <laughs> you know, I mean, Casper, like you said, he has been playing a lot better. And it's nice to see, again, Al- like you mentioned, Alex Avila, uh, a lot of props to this guy. He's, you know, batting 321 right now. Again, he's almost got an OPS at 1,000. Uh, just really standing out out there. Three home runs, 14 RBIs, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, again, and even, you know, Rayburn's really been picking it up. You saw Rayburn, he had, what, it was about seven RBIs in that Chicago series. Yeah. Uh, just killed it. Uh, Rayburn's really doing a good job, and it's nice to see guys step up with Victor Martinez being, uh, you know, injured with the sore groin. Uh, you know, guys like Mags are getting a little more uh, at bats, and Mags is definitely struggling. But again, Mags is not fully healthy, so I mean, again, I can't put a ton on Mags. But the rest of the team is coming to hit, and mm-hmm. it's very nice to see. I mean, right now the Tigers rank eighth in runs in the American League. They rank 14th in batting average now, batting 256. They rank 12th on on base percentage at 328, and they rank 13th in slugging percentage at 396. So you like to see those numbers get up a little higher, especially with the batting average, on base percentage, slugging percentage. But again, you did finally start to see the runs pile up nine nothing, nine to three. Very good. You know our pitchers who pitched very well got a chance to kind of relax once our bats came to you know came to get going. And they didn't didn't against Verlander. The only reason they had like two runs were home runs or something. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And that's just tough luck. That's all that is. Verlander pitched extremely well for it being as rainy and as cold as it was. He no, he pitched it. he pitched very well. Yeah, again, it's a tough yeah, you know, this misty it's a tough condition to play in. Yeah, we were underneath the covered part too and it was just blowing in our face. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like you you think it'd be better than that. But yeah, like I that was impressive. No, very impressive. And I want to really, you know, say Brad Penny you know, finally, we've been complaining about him. We've been talking mm-hmm. about how he needs to finally have that one good start. He needs to come out and look like what he's worth, what we're paying him, why we got this guy. Brad Penny on Saturday pitched a monster of a game. The guy went seven innings, only gave up one hit, no earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Um, fantastic outing by Brad Penny. Uh, looked dominant out there on the mound. It, it was, that was very exciting. Um, not to mention that you know we won nine nothing, but that he just locked him down. Mm-hmm. Um, he just he looked like a monster out there. That must have been a fun game to honestly sit there and watch just yeah. him destroy the, the Chicago White Sox. I mean, he killed him. And looking at the series as a whole, I mean, this is the ninth consecutive time we have beat the Chicago White Sox. And looking at this series just over the weekend, we had 21 runs to their three runs. We batted 350 as a team compared to their 168. We had 36 hits. They had 16 hits. You want to look at the pitching. Our pitching had a total of one earned run. They had seven and a half earned runs throughout that series. So... Again, a dominant series by the Detroit Tigers. They've won four in a row again for the second time this season. Uh, they did beat Seattle on uh, Wednesday the 20th, 
three to two. Uh, nice little win for Porcello there. So you know the Tigers. You know it seems like they're getting it together to a degree. Yeah, one and a half back from Cleveland, tied with Kansas City. Yep. Oh, and then the next team is Minnesota, which is four back. Yep, Minnesota's four back, and uh, you know again we have uh, we're starting up a series exa- uh, with Seattle starting tomorrow, uh, which will be a tougher series. Um, it's not going to be the easiest series. Uh, you know, tomorrow we face off against uh, Felix Hernandez, which is as you know we all know just one you know one of the best pitchers in the American League. Felix Hernandez is a fantastic pitcher, so that won't be easy. And we're also going to have to go against Michael Pinata, uh, who's, I guess, a really hot rookie right now. The guy's uh, really pitching well. So, again, it'll be some tough pitching battles for us. Hopefully, Phil Coke, Porcello, get out there, do a good job. I also want to say Scherzer in that Sunday game. Scherzer, who's 4-0 on the season, um, pitching fantastic. That was a 3 nothing win. Uh, Scherzer lo- Scherzer's looking like an elite pitcher out there. Uh, again, and to all of you naysayers of the Granderson trade, give me a break. Uh, Austin Jackson and uh, Scherzer doing a lot more uh, for us. Uh, Max Scherzer, who's got a 3.19 ERA right now, uh, just doing great. His whip's, uh, his whip's 1.48. You would like to see that maybe just a little bit lower, but still not too bad at all. Um, we're looking at Justin Verlander, five quality starts for Justin Verlander, four quality starts for Max Scherzer, um, which is just you know great to see with our you know our two top aces getting it done out there. Uh, Phil Coke again, still uh, 2.75 ERA, 1.27 WHIP. Uh, it's great. They're pitching really well out there right now. Uh, the one thing that Brad Penny needs to continuously work on is his base on balls. He's second in the American League right now with 14 walks in his uh, in his five starts. So he's going to have to, I think, get that a little bit better. You don't want to put free guys out on the base. Not a good thing. But you know, Jose Valverde, Benoit. You look at our you look at our bullpen, our closer. I mean, Valverde having another magical uh, first half of the year. The guy's got an ERA under one right now, which is just fantastic. Um, he's getting it done. Uh, Valverde's got five saves. And again, uh, Benoit. Benoit looking really good out there. Again, ERA under one for himself. Uh, only one earned run and five hits in ten games played for uh, Benoit. So, I mean, the pitching is really its really there. We need to see these bats continue. You need to see this team to consistently hit like they have. Uh, Austin Jackson definitely does have to get it together. Uh, he's batting 193, like I said. It's not going to get it done. 193, he's got one home run, four RBIs. Got to get some more results out of this guy. And, again, even Brandon Edge. I know he's a nice guy, but he's a nice guy batting 217. <laughs> so I'm going to need a little bit more out of Brandon Inge, right. you know, batting out there. But no, Tigers are doing very well. And I'd say Brennan Bosch and Alex Avila are the, the highlights so far, at I least know. in the batting department when it comes to this team. I love Cabrera. I do. Oh, no, but you see, Cabrera, oh, no, no, no. it's expected. And no. I guess that's. That's what I was, I was going to yeah. say. I love Cabrera, but I love that we have two other people that are. Like not taking the spotlight, but sharing the spotlight with him. Yes, because it's so awesome. It's good. It's obviously it's always good to have more than one superstar on a team. Not saying that like Bosch and Avila are superstars, but they're like they're doing what they need to do. They're doing very well. They're doing what they're out there to do. They're doing it well, and that's so awesome because starting off this season, it wasn't too hot for anybody on the team. No, and all of a sudden it's starting to pick up for. Bash, Bash, you might have kind of expected him to do something this year just because of how his season started off yeah, last year. Yeah. But Avila, I don't know about you, but I always knew Avila as the one guy who could not hit for the life of himself. He, he did struggle. Yes, and year. now all of a sudden he has one of the best batting averages in the Tigers lineup, and that's awesome. No, it's great. I thought, you know, you know, the first few games, you know, he hit that home run. He was looking good. And you just, okay, well, let's see if it continues. We're 22 games into the season now, and it has continued. He's batting 321. Uh, He's doing a fantastic job out there. Again, three home runs, 14 RBIs. Uh, That's fantastic. Uh, Looking ahead for the Detroit Tigers, like I said, they're going to start a series here with Seattle on Tuesday. Then they're going to be going to Cleveland, and that will end out the month of April. After that, though, May will not be an easy month for Detroit. They have 19 games against the Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, and Blue Jays. So we'll be battling the AL East. Uh, obviously not an easy division to play against. The Yankees on top of the AL East right now at 12 and 6. Tampa Bay, they got it together. They're 11 and 11 and even in Boston's got it together. They've won 5 in a row. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10 games. Boston at 10 and 11. 
even Toronto at 9-12. and 12, They're all very decent teams. So May is going to be, I think, a very... You're going to really see what the Tigers are made of here in the month of May, playing tougher opponents like the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Rays. It will be very interesting to see how the Tigers hold up. But it is 7.30. We are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to discuss the MLB playoff expansion. Do you like it or not? After that, we're going to get to the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, and end with some, some interesting facts. You listen to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. You're listening to Impact Exposure. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student, is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. David Megan here with you halfway through the show. Uh, to all of our new listeners, we were talking about the Tigers earlier, talked about a little bit about the Michigan State basketball and the aircraft carrier game. Uh, also, Max Below and his nine months probation for his uh, uh, MIP out in Aspen, Colorado, back on March 10th. If you want to call on any of those topics, phone lines are open all show, 517-432-3893. Uh, but we are going to move on, though, right now to the possible expansion of the MLB playoffs. Now, uh, quick question to our listeners. Do you like that idea or not? Do you like adding two more teams, one to each conference, for a wild extra wild card uh, playoff battle, which would be a one or three game series? Give me a call five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three, and uh, and that's exactly what they're playing around with right now. Uh, Bud Selig is uh, getting ready to move towards his goal of expanding uh, the format from three rounds to four rounds. Uh, it's going to go from eight teams to ten teams. That's going to be five in each uh, each league. So. Megan, mm-hmm. big baseball fan. Mm-hmm. You know, do you like the idea of adding that? You know, one more wild card team to you know have that either sudden death match to see who the you know one wild card team will be to you know play in the next round, or do you like it the way it is? Could be interesting. Could make things really interesting. Oh yeah, you get two teams that you think should be the wild cards in there. Two teams that are pretty much evenly combined. You could have quite a game. I I think it just really depends. Or you could get. A team that's better and one team that just completely sucks, in there, <laughs> and it wouldn't be interesting. Yeah, um, it, it's like a fifty-fifty thing with me. It's cool. So you kind you kind of like the idea, yeah. but you're still not sold completely. Yeah, just because it just adds more games. <laughs> it does add. I mean, it adds a little bit. You're talking about a possible, you know, one to two games, really possible. I mean, maybe three. Yeah. So, and, but it, I, it could be cool. You know, it, it, it's something definitely to try out. Um, and if if it doesn't work out and a lot of people don't like it, then take it away. See, that's the thing. If they do it, it's staying. Yeah. I, I don't see them It's you know like testing it and then getting rid of it. If they're going to do it, it's going to stick, no matter what. Right. Well, go for it. Go for they're it? They're expanding everything anyway right now. The Big Ten is now pretty much the Big 12, so yep. why not? Yeah, good old Nebraska. The bigger, the bigger, the better. <laughs> is, that <laughs> is that what they say now? That's uh, I guess so. <laughs> no, but... um. Personally, I think it's a fine idea. Uh, I have no problem with it. Uh, you know, uh, Major League Baseball has the lowest percentage of teams entering the playoffs. Uh, Major League Baseball only has 27% of its league make the playoffs. Uh, the NBA and NHL each have 53% of their league making the playoffs, and the NFL has around 37.5% uh, making the playoffs. So, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I think it gives uh, certain teams that, you know, really did play well, but maybe just fell a little bit short a chance. Um, I think we all remember that fantastic, uh, you know, playoff game between Minnesota and Detroit, uh, you know, back in 2009. It was probably one of the best games of baseball I might have ever seen. Um, It was a fantastic game. Um, I personally would, 
I would prefer a three-game playoff over a one-game playoff. That's just me. Um, this is baseball. I don't think it's, I mean, necessarily fair to have a one-game playoff if you're going to expand it like this. Right. I would personally rather have a three-game playoff. I don't think it's really going to mess anything up. Uh, you know, some people are talking about how the schedule, you know, is it, are we going to be playing later into the season? But, uh, you know, the Ma- Major League Baseball has already moved the regular season up by half a week. So it doesn't get as far into November or just doesn't get into November at all when it comes to the playoffs. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty good idea. Uh, Three-game format is just how I would personally like it. I think it adds a lot of excitement to it and gives teams that, you know, some teams that just really have struggled for a long period of time, maybe in tough divisions, it gives them that extra chance to maybe make that deep run. And, I mean, usually they're not going to make that deep run, but who doesn't like, you know, rooting for that, you know, underdog? Um, you know, four teams have, uh, you know, reaped these benefits of the wild card spot. Um, you know, 1997 and 2003, the Florida Marlins won the World Series. In 2002, the Angels. 2004, the Red Sox. So, you know, they were all wild card teams that went on to win the World Series. So I think just adding that is going to be even more exciting. Uh, you even had, if you remember, the Colorado Rockies in 2007 had to play a one-game you know, wild-card tiebreaker uh, game. The Chicago White Sox, the Twins, again, we talked about the Tigers. Um, you know, it's, I, think, I think it's a great idea, but uh, I'd like to hear all of our uh, callers. If you like the idea or not, are you more of a purist? Um, I know some people think they, they just love it the way it is. Point being is that it hasn't been this way for like a crazy amount of time. This didn't start till 1995 after the strike in 94. So, you know, the way they have it right now, they added the wild card spot in 95. So for all, I mean, it hasn't been around for a long time. So people are saying, well, it's just the way it's been. Well, it's been like that for 15 years. It hasn't been like that for the last 50 years. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. What? Point is, if Bud Selig wants it, he's going to get it. And that's the thing. Bud wants it. It's going to happen. It's not a matter of, you know, if. It's a matter of when. And it's looking like he's trying to push it for the 2012 uh, playoffs. So, we'll see how that goes. But uh, we got a caller, so let's take the call. Hey, Frank, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. How you doing? All right, good. Hey, uh, I'm calling in on baseball. Uh, they should, uh, uh, what are you guys talking about? If another playoff team is involved? Yeah, we're talking about expanding. They're going to add one more wild card spot to the American League and to the National League. I think that's fantastic. I mean, I mean, let's draw it out a little bit longer. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, they play what 160 some games a year. I yep, 162. Yeah, I mean, why why draw it at the, who's ever at the top? I mean, you give somebody a, a chance. I mean, look at the division with the Yankees, Boston, Toronto. I mean. You, I mean, that's a tough division. I mean, some of these teams, I mean, they could be in another division in first place, but yet they can't even, uh, you know, contend, you know? No, that's very true. So, I mean, yeah, you uh, now, would you personally, would you rather see a one-game playoff or a three-game playoff series for these uh, extra, for these wildcard teams? Oh, uh, three-game, definitely. Three-game? Okay. And why would you like the three-game? Just like, you know, kind of makes it a little more balanced, or what would you, why would you like that better? Uh, let, let, let's see, let's see what the team really has. I mean, one game, that doesn't say nothing. I mean, you throw it out to a three-game, I mean, you know, it could go either way. I mean, if it doesn't, it doesn't, but, uh, you know, the, give the... Team a chance. All right, Frank. Well, I really appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. All right, buddy. All right, bye. All right, bye-bye. I agree. I like your three-game thing because some team could just be having an off night. You give them one shot. Baseball is so all over the place, especially with pitchers. You have a different pitcher that starts every single well, night. Well, and, and that's a great point, Megan. Yeah. That's what I was going to bring up is that you look at towards the end of the regular season, what if a team ends, you know, that makes that final push using one of their aces – you know, for that final, you know, couple right. games. And that guy's not ready in a one-game one, one game playoff series. Right. You know, let's say the Tigers had that chance. Well, Verlander, you know, he just pitched two days ago to give us that chance to get to this game. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. So you do a three-game series, you at least get to you give yourself you, you give yourself that opportunity to make sure that you get that one ace out there, at least for one of the games. Right. So, no, I think it's a cool idea. I have no problem with it. Um, looks like it probably will happen. So, again, anyone can call in. Give me your opinion about it. Uh, but we're going to move on right now to the NHL. 
Uh, the NHL playoffs, they are in full swing, and they are exciting. Uh, this year, uh, the playoffs, in my opinion, have been absolutely fantastic. So many of these games going to overtime, uh, which is extremely exciting. A lot of games, even you've seen a couple, a few double overtime games. Uh, it's been a very exciting playoffs this year. Uh, right now, there are still only three teams that have finished up their first-round series. Nashville defeated Anaheim the other day to win their series 4-2. to two. So, you know, they won their series in six to beat Anaheim. You also had the Capitals finally dispose of the Rangers in five games. They took care of that business last week. And the Wings, who have been off forever, uh, they, uh, they've already swept the Coyotes. And they're still waiting to see who they are going to play in the second round of the playoffs. Now, with what's going on in the rest of the NHL battles right now, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Uh, Chicago has made, uh, they've almost made a historic run at uh, coming back from a 3-0 deficit uh, to Vancouver. Chicago won in overtime last night to tie the series up. uh, uh, Not to, yeah, to tie the series up three games to three. Uh, They forced a game seven. That game seven will be tomorrow night at 10 p.m. So definitely tune in if you want to. It should be a heck of a battle. Uh, There's only been three NHL teams that have ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in the playoffs. So who knows? Chicago might be the fourth. The way they're playing, uh, they're really playing well. I still believe Vancouver is going to win Game 7 at home. They're going to take care of business. Uh, I think they might even beat them pretty bad. So we will see there. Philly uh, Philly and Buffalo giving us a back-and-forth uh, series here. Philly uh, Philly won yesterday 5-4 to four in overtime, and another overtime game between Buffalo and Philly. Seems like a number of these games between Buffalo and Philly are going into OT. They forced a Game 7 that's going to be at Philadelphia. That game will also be tomorrow night, 7.30, the puck drops. Um, the other game that you have going on tomorrow night as well, Montreal versus Boston in a series with Boston up 3-2. to two. Boston won in overtime on Saturday night to get ahead of Montreal here. That'll be game six, though, at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, tonight's games in the NHL, you're going to have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, that that puck dropped about 40 minutes ago, so that game's probably going on on versus right now. Pittsburgh is up 3-2 in that series. And looking to the late game tonight, San Jose's taking on the LA Kings. That's going to be at 10 p.m. San Jose's up in that series 3-2. So, the quick question that I want to ask our listeners and I want to ask you uh, as well, Megan, uh, who, do, who do you want the Red Wings to play in the second round of the playoffs? Because the way it's all shaping up right now, if Chicago ends up beating Vancouver, okay, and San Jose wins their se- series, because I believe they will, then we will face the Nashville Predators. If Vancouver beats Chicago, then we will be playing the San Jose Sharks in the second round, a rematch of last year. Wings lost in five games last year. So to all of our listeners, who would you rather face? Nashville, San Jose. Give me a call, 432-3893. Now, Megan, mm-hmm. I know hockey's not your, you know, your biggest sport. Right. But but really, between Nashville and San Jose, um, you know, who would you rather face in a second round? You got a West Coast team in San Jose, you know, Nashville, first time they've actually won a playoff series. This is the first time in the history of the franchise. They were 0 6 before this in the playoffs. They finally have gotten to the second round. Who would you rather face? Most likely this second round matchup will start up on Thursday or Friday. So who would you rather take? I mean, I'm looking at they're, I'm on ESPN right now because obviously I'm not I'm not a big huge hockey person. I'm sorry, people. So I'm just gonna give you <laughs> my I'm looking at statistics opinion. It's looking uh, like I'd want Nashville. You want Nashville? Mm-hmm. And why do you want Nashville? Because <laughs> goals per game they're 21st. Mm-hmm. San Jose's sixth. Uh, goals against they're third. Yeah. And power play percentage 26. Penalty kill fifth. And it's just, they're just so, it's just, even those two, like, it's, I, I feel like Nashville would be. You think Nashville would be, uh, you know, maybe you don't have to travel as far. Yeah. You don't have to go out to the West Coast. Plus, on top of it, it just seems like, like, you even when you were saying they finally made it to the playoffs, all that kind of stuff, like, why not? Why not? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm sorry, people. I'm not exactly. The no, best you pick that. I mean, it's one or the other. And I mean, they're very, in my opinion, they're very close teams. Right. Um, not one is way better, or way worse than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, um, 
I and I really had to think about this because they are very, very close. There's a lot of pros and cons to both. I mean, you see Nashville, like we said, you don't have to travel out to the West Coast if you play San, you know, play in Nashville. You're gonna be able to stay pretty close to home. The Wings haven't had that luxury in a long time. Playing in the Western Conference, they usually kind of get screwed having to go out and travel out west, right. which kind of hurts them at times. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I just I, what I really when I look at the NHL and I look at the playoffs, I look at really one thing, and that's the goaltenders. Regular season stats, regular season wins, losses, I don't put a lot of stock into. This is a whole new season. It's the playoffs. If you want to look at the regular season records between Nashville and San Jose, uh, we are 2-3 and three versus Nashville, and we are 1-3 and three versus San Jose when it comes to the regular season. So, you know, we've lost more to both. I mean, we've lost more games to San Jose, but we play more games against Nashville. So it's tough to say. It's very, again, it's very equal there. But looking at the goaltenders, and that's my big thing. Pekka Rene, who's the goaltender for the Nashville Predators. He's got a 3.29 goals against average in the playoffs right now with about an 88% save percentage. Okay. Looking at Antti Nieme, who is the goalie for the San Jose Sharks. He's got a 4.30 goals against average in the playoffs with about an 85 save percentage. And Jimmy Howard, who's just lighting it up, obviously goaltender for the Red Wings, 2.5 goals against average, 91% save percentage. So looking at the two goalies, I just think that Nashville's goaltending is a lot better than San Jose's. And in the playoffs, it comes down to goaltending. Just like you say in the NBA, it comes down to your point guard play. Or, you know, just like college, you know, in March Madness, you got who's got the best point guards on the court. Those are usually the teams that are going to make it further and have a deeper run. And I kind of see the same thing here. Nashville, uh, I think Renee has just been, he's been playing fantastic. And if you've watched Nami, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of the San Jose uh, Los Angeles series, but, you know, Nami, he will start tonight's game in game six, but he allowed three goals on four shots in the last game that he played. You know, he's been yanked twice already in the last three games in this series for just poor performance. And with the Wings and their ability to score and how they can move the puck around to so many different guys, you see how many different players scored in that series against the Coyotes. I think that is going to be the determining factor again in this series. Can Jimmy Howard stay as electric as he has been? Because he has looked fantastic out there. And, you know, I just... Nieme, he's very, you know, he's back and forth. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. And I just, I think Renee's really done a great job out there. And I don't know, some people could say Nashville, they don't have a lot of experience. This is the first time they've won a playoff series. But I personally believe that lights a fire under their butt. This is the first time they made it out of the first round. They are going to be, they're going to have all their eggs in the basket. They're going to be playing as hard as possible. The Sharks have a history of being choke artists when it comes to the playoffs. Great regular seasons. Horrible playoffs. Um, I really see that streak continuing. I would rather play the Sharks. Um, again, regular season doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, we were 1-3 against San Jose. I would take the Sharks, though. Yes, we have to travel out west, but who cares? This team's been off for almost eight days. The team's had a lot of time to rest up. Zetterberg's fully healthy. Franzen's fully healthy. This team is geared up to go. Last year's a different story. They had one day off after that Coyote series, and they had to go to San Jose. One day. The Wings are going to have eight days off. Eight to nine days off by the time this second-round series is going to get going. So, real fast, though, uh, our good boy Nicholas Lindstrom, he's a finalist for the Norris Trophy. So, congratulations to Nick Lindstrom. Um, He's already won six Norris Trophies in his career, um, obviously all with the Red Wings. Um, The other finalists for the Norris Trophy are Zadina Chara and uh, Shea Weber of Nashville. Zadina Chara plays for uh, Boston. And, uh, again, the Norris Trophy is for, uh, you know, best uh, NHL defenseman. And Lindstrom had a magnificent year this season. He had 62 points, 16 goals, 46 assists. Um, he played all 82 games this season. Um, he averaged a team high 23 and 28 seconds of ice time per game. Um, the only thing that he says he wished he could have done a little bit better, he had a minus two rating for the first time in his NHL career. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, this guy's played in 251 playoff games. Um, he's a heck of a, he's just a heck of a player. I love this guy. He's turning 41 on Thursday. You know, he's just a stand-up guy, uh, one of the all-time best out there. You know, and this is his, uh, he's this 11th time in the past 13 seasons he's been a finalist for the Norris Trophy. So, you know, hopefully he can win it. Um, the Norris Trophy winner will be announced on June 22nd during the NHL Awards Show in Las Vegas. And this show will air on Versus and CBC. So if you wanted to check that out, again, that is going to be June 22nd. 
pretty much after the Stanley Cup winner. It's just like a week or two after that all pretty much wraps up. So it should be, again, congratulations to Nick Lindstrom uh, for that achievement. Uh, Really good to see. Really good to see. And real fast, the Red Wings. Like I said, they're getting a lot of days off. Uh, Henrik Zetterberg, uh, he skated really hard in practice today. He said he's ready to go. Uh, Zetterberg, who was out for the whole series against the Coyotes, uh, he is he's geared up to go. He's happy. He's ready. Um, and Franzen, he did not skate today. He's still uh, nursing that sore ankle a little bit. But Babcock says nothing to worry about. He will be ready to go when it comes for game time. So... Real fast, do you think Chicago's going to pull that upset off against Vancouver? I mean, they were down 3 nothing in the series. You know, they won the cup last year. Now it's 3-3. Traveling to Vancouver. Do you see the upset? Fourth time in history? Oh, man. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, Chicago's came out and they, I mean, they look great in games, uh, you know, games four and five. Uh, game six, again, went to overtime. It was a close game, went back and forth. Hmm. But Good for them for coming back if they don't end up winning. Um even though I know we don't like Chicago. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't. That's one thing I do know. Um, I mean, I don't know if I see them but doing it, but like for coming back, for having a 3-0 deficit to go 3-3. That's all. It's an accomplishment in its own. No, seriously. It, it is. really is. And for a team to do that, if they don't go all the way, holy cow, that would be upsetting, though. Uh-huh. So I... Part of me wants to say, I hope they don't, and the other part of me is like, they worked hard to come back to work 3-3, and they kind of deserve it, uh-huh. in a way, but they don't for going down 3 to nothing. I don't know. And it's, I, I wish I knew a little bit more about hockey. That's something I need to look look into more next year when we uh, when we get back into hockey season again. Oh, for sure. Because I'll, I'll, I promise, listeners, don't stop you, listening to me You right promise? Now. I promise. I will get more into hockey, maybe the NBA, if the Pistons start winning. Hey, the Pistons, they're going to be back. Know. They're going to win 50 games. What are you talking about? <laughs> the Lions, <laughs> we don't have our lockout. Like I watched a lot of football, though, last year, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about hockey and and NBA that just don't I don't know me. I don't know what it is. Well, maybe what happens is at least not like at least playoff time you got baseball in full swing. So you're paying more attention to baseball. <laughs> exactly. And right? I hate that we're in hockey playoffs and I'm paying more attention to baseball. It just started started up. Well, if the Wings start getting closer to, you know, if they win the second round, they get to the <laughs> conference finals, you I, better tune in somewhere. I, I think we talked about this. I am a bandwagon Wings fan as of right now and I said I am okay with being that. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the NBA playoffs here for a minute. Uh, just kind of update all of our listeners on, excuse me, what's uh, going on out there in the world of the National Basketball Association. And uh, looking at yesterday's games, the Hawks beat the Magic eighty-eight to eighty-five. Hawks now up three-one in that series, even with Dwight Howard putting in a just monstrative performance every time out there, every game, just not enough. The Hawks are locking down Turkaloo Arenas, uh, Jay Rich, and they can't get anything done out there. So, I mean, congratulations to the Atlanta Hawks, who I don't think anyone really thought was going to do this well. But uh, we have a caller, so let's go to the phones. Hey, Jim, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. How's it going? Uh, good. Uh, I was calling in when you were talking about goaltending. You know, Jim, I know your voice. You, you called it. This is Frank. <laughs> yeah, Frank, what are you, yeah, trying to pull a fast one. That's funny. So, no, keep going. Yeah, we're talking about goaltending. Yeah, well, you know what? It, it all depends on what you have in front of you. If you want to be a gold, good goaltender, you have to have good defense. I mean, uh, Patrick Waugh with the Montreal Canadiens, he had Carbonell. He had good defensemen in front of him that, you know, would take care of a lot of the stuff that before it even got to the net. Definitely. Uh, you know, and so, I mean, goaltending, I mean, yeah, Howard, yeah, he, he's good, okay? But you know what? He's got a good defense in front of him. And I think he's going to go a long ways. And I think that my prediction, by the way, uh, if you want to hear it. I guess maybe. What is it? (laughs) Okay. All right. Red Wings and Washington. Okay. So you got Capitals Wings for the Stanley Cup Finals. Right. And I think the Red Wings are going to take it in five. In five. All right. Well, let's. I mean, we swept them back in 98 to win the Cup, so... We'll see this year. But, uh, again, thanks a lot, Frank and Jim, for the phone call. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. You have a good one. All right. You too. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. So, no, obviously, yeah, and defense is obviously a huge part of goaltending. You leave your goalie hanging out to the dry, then it doesn't matter if you have the best goalie in the world out there. He's not going to be able to do a lot. 
But uh, getting back to the NBA real fast so we can recap that. Uh, the Hornets in a, in a great performance by uh, CP3, Chris Paul. Hornets won 93-88 to tie that series up 2-2. Two two. Chris Paul, 27 points, 13 boards, 15 assists. Uh, Triple-double for the kid. CP3, he played fantastic, and they needed him. They needed him to play that well to win that game. Uh, Kobe did suffer uh, an ankle sprain to some degree. He says it's more of his foot now, but says he's he expects to be ready to play tomorrow night when they travel back to the Staples Center for Game 5. So we'll see how Kobe looks out there. You know he's a competitor. He's going to play. You just wonder if he's going to be 100% out there on the court. Uh, the Celtics are the only team to have clo- finished their series off finally. Celtics beat the Knicks 101-89 yesterday. Again, they swept them. KG, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 1 assist. Uh, Celtics really just took advantage of the Knicks. Uh, the first two games of this series were real close, but uh, once Billups got hurt and Amari with his back spasms, uh, the Knicks really just couldn't get back to form without their main guys. You just could tell that Celtics really took advantage of them finally out there. Uh, the 76ers and the Miami Heat. 76ers actually got a game and a great comeback yesterday. Uh, they were down six points with around a buck 40 left in the game, and they'll come back to win 86-82. to uh, Nice uh, 10-0 run for the team. The Heat still lead that series three games to one, so obviously it seems like the Heat will... Op- We'll probably win that series, but nice to see those young kids and Doug Collins, uh, Doug Collins, who used to coach the Pistons, uh, great, great, uh, great broadcaster, analyst as well. Uh, nice to see the 76ers have some success. Very young team, so we'll see how they do in the future. Bulls, Pacers, Pacers also got one, got a got a game out of uh, you know beat the Bulls once. They're up three one right now against the against the Pacers. The Bulls and Pacers will play tomorrow night in Game Five. Bulls most likely closing them out there. Uh, looking at the West real fast. San Antonio and Memphis will play this evening. That game tips off at 8 p.m. That series is at 2-1 Memphis right now, so go Grizzlies. And uh, Portland versus Dallas, that game's also tonight. 8.30 is the start time for that game. Series tied at two apiece. Oklahoma City and Denver is the late game this evening at 10.30. Oklahoma City all over Denver. 3-0 Oak City right now, dominating real fast. Shout-out to Brandon Roy for the... Amazing performance he put on Dallas the other day. Roy finished with eight with uh, 24 points, put up 18 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Blazers erased a 23-point deficit, and Portland had in, Portland became the third team in NBA history in the shot clock era to win a playoff game when trailing by 18 or more heading into the fourth quarter. The Blazers the Blazers shot 75% in the fourth quarter, no turnovers, and outscored the Mavs by 20 points. So, I mean, great performance by Portland. Good job, Dallas. You're about to choke another one away. What's new with them? But uh, let's get to the facts. All right. The facts? The facts. And uh, I got some cool ones. Real quick. Yeah, go. You, you told me this. I didn't think there was a race this weekend. That's right. You're a smart one. Carl Edwards won the Nashville 300. Yes, he did. This was a uh, sorry a nationwide series race. That's how I was looking at the Sprint Cup, which are the big ones. The big dollars. Yeah. The big races. Um, but yeah. Um, beat Kyle Bush. Seems like none of the neither of the Bush brothers can win anymore. They come. They in get second, close. They come in second or third every single time. But I mean, they're 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 talented. All these guys are gonna be right there at the end. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. But I was looking at the rest of these people. I don't really recognize a lot of them. There's Trevor Bain on here. Yeah, Tra- um, Trevor Bain. He's young. Yep. And other than that, it's a lot of like smaller smaller racers. I guess if that's what you want to call them. A lot of people. Yeah. I don't recognize. Less notable. Yeah. Exactly. Most of them are in the Sprint Cup, like Jeff Gordon, um, Dale Earnhardt. Um. Uh, wow, I can't even think. Jimmy right Johnson. Now. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, who won it last week? Um, all those guys. So, but other than that, I mean, good race. Good no, race. definitely. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and like Megan had said, there was no race uh, yesterday because of Easter Sunday. Uh, there will be a there will be a race in the Spring Cup next Sunday. Uh, real fast, I just have a couple uh, facts, and they basically involve all the leagues and what the longest games involved in that longest game in the history of the NBA history of the NHL history of the NFL and uh, do that real fast the longest game in the history of the NHL was actually between the Detroit Red Wings and the Montreal Maroons this game took place on March 24th 1936 it went to six overtimes Detroit won one to nothing with three and a half minutes left in the sixth overtime so that game took 116 minutes they played almost Two full games, 
Absolutely crazy. Mm. Nice to see the Wings win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1936. Can't say I tuned into that game. Uh, let's see. In the NBA, the longest game in NBA history, January 6th, 1951, the Indianapolis Olympians played the Rochester Royals. Game went to six overtimes. Still very low scoring. 75-73. to 73, The Indianapolis Olympians won that game. Uh, so, yeah, go Olympians. <laughs> no, but I wanted to say, actually, the most points ever scored in a game actually came between the Detroit Pistons and the Denver, Denver Nuggets. That game took place on December 13th, 1983. 370 combined points. Huh. That game ended 186 to 184. Pistons win. So, at three overtimes, that's a long game. That's a very long game. Very long game. And real fast, since uh, we got two more real fast, longest game in uh, college basketball history – very recent. Syracuse versus UConn, 2009 Big East semifinals. I think we can all remember that game. Six overtimes for that game. And for the NFL, the longest NFL game in history took place on December 25th, 1971. It was a playoff game between the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. It took one full OT period and seven minutes and 40 seconds into the second overtime period before Miami kicked a field goal to win the game 27-24. to I'll tell you about the baseball next week, but we are out of time. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning into the show this evening Asian Invasion is up next uh, for all of our listeners my name is Dave Rinku and I'm Megan you guys have a great night out there you've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information news and analysis here and only here on Impact 89 FM an exclusive podcast from Impact 89